What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye, here chatting with incredible guests who have such cool stories to tell. Today's guest, I'm so stoked to share. We have quite the event occurring here in the beautiful city of Boston on September 10th. The world premiere of Apple Cinema's The Movie is coming to AMC Boston. This is going to be the biggest movie premiere in Boston, never never been done before, and it's all thanks to today's guest, Connor Hallway. Connor is the director of Apple Cinemas. He is the president of Golden Deer Productions. He is the hardest working director, producer, content creator in Boston that I have met recently this guy has been going hard for literally the past i don't know six seven years it all started when he was at providence just pumping out content after content after content then came a mini movie called adderall boy and the rest is history he's made it his life goal to create a movie here in boston and he's doing it the world premiere of apple cinemas is on september 10th limited and i mean very limited tickets are still available we'll leave them in the description of this week's podcast but here to tell the story of golden deer productions of apple cinemas here he is the one and only connor hallway this is the normal guy lazy eye podcast a true eye opening experience well, ladies and gentlemen, we have an incredible guest on today's show, Boston's hardest working director, president of Golden Deer Productions, Connor Hallway. Connor is here to promote his new movie, Apple Cinemas. The world premiere is taking place right here in Boston on September 10th. Limited tickets are still available. We'll have them in the description of this week's show. Connor, how the heck are you, man? I love the intro, brother. <laughs> trying to do it, man. I'm trying to do you do you big here. You got you got quite the quite the lineup coming up here soon. I just wanted to be known that I personally asked Jared to be on the show. I Thank reached you. out to him because I've been tuning into a, a couple episodes. I just listened to the Connor Coin one on the way over here. Yeah. I think he's got a really good sense of the demographic there in Southie. So tuned in on that. That was really cool. And uh, you know what it's like, man. You just got to drop every week, but you've been consistent as hell, dude. Keep going. Thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, the like, I guess we could, let's start there. The Boston, because you listened to Connor Coyne's episode. We've had a bunch of Boston content creators. You are a Boston content creator. Like, is it is it as hard as advertised to create this content in the city as opposed to the the LAs, the, the New Yorks? Like, does Boston have a bad rep for content creating? Or do you think like it's just so underground right now that we need to like, beef it up even more than it already is. I think making a movie here was incredibly hard. Yeah. I think it was really hard because it's a tough pitch because no one had ever heard it before. So when I was pulling all the resources together to get this done, asking locations, talking to actors, whatever, that was a much harder pitch. But if you're just playing the internet, I think you can do it out of anywhere. I've been seeing a lot of TikTokers like kind of kill it recently, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you probably have a better sense than I do. Yeah, the 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 TikTokers, man. They, I don't. They, they, there's something about like Boston. Like we've talked about this on the show. Like there's something about Boston content, like the Southie stuff. Like it has this like niche following, obviously for the for the Boston crowd. But like it draws 
people from the greater New England, New York area that's like, oh, like, what am I missing? And that's going on down in Southie Boston. Like, it's just like, it's so weird to me because like we know Southie is PC North. Like, it's just where everyone goes. But people love Southie. They're like, people put it on their like bucket list vacation spots now thanks to TikTok. I know, but it's also speaking of PC North, I think that's why content travels so fast there because mm-hmm. the same thing with me at PC, like that demographic, like, white people that are like 22 to 29 32 are really receptive and sharing shit they like yeah you're exactly right you're exactly right all right so we're less than a month away from the world premiere it's crazy times for you guys right now like we're i guess we're gonna get into all the movie making process but let's start with like the day that you came out and said september 10th that's the world premiere you've been in like full marketing mode the the movie was done you were ready to go what has been like that the craziest part of this process the it, the movie's all done. Now it's just marketing the heck out of this thing. It's going to be really weird to say this because you're seeing it from an outsider's perspective. But like, I'm so caught up in what's going on right now that I don't really kind of understand the effect it's had. I'm, I've been getting like little bits and pieces from people being like, yo, bro, you know, there's going to be like a ton of people here. Or like, yo, do you know, it's like the first time this has ever happened in the city. I'm just out here trying to like get my daily tasks done so we can get the goal done. I think when it comes when that theater is fucking full and there's like 600 people there and there's a red carpet and people are showing up all baller i think then i'm like yo whoa what the fuck you know what i'm saying yeah so what are some of your day-to-days right now that maybe like we're not seeing i mean obviously you're you're posting your stories of who's buying tickets all your buddies and stuff but like what's like the other day-to-day tasks that maybe we're not seeing on social media so there's all the promo yeah i hope you've been enjoying it oh yeah 100 percent. were you surprised i didn't have braids today yeah, I was like, I was so, I was so ready for like, oh yes, we're going to have a side of Connor we have not seen except for your three Instagrams. But like, I was like, please have the braids in. No, dude, I, we actually, between you and I, I mean, I guess in your listeners now, <laughs> I was planning on doing a 30 mile run. I, you told me about this when we yeah. were at the falafel place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For your listeners, me and Jared chopped up a little business at a falafel spot. <laughs> I was hitting on the Pakistani woman behind the counter she wasn't reciprocating right <laughs> okay i moved on and uh yeah we had a good time but yeah dude i was planning on doing because i was like right, i gotta do some sort of stunt like, yeah i'm cool i'm fucking nuts i, I think people are just kind of understanding it now but i wanted to do a 30 mile run pitch it to 30 businesses around the city and have a wager and be like listen if i get these 30 miles in x amount of time and you pay $1,000 per mile, I'll match you 1000 on the mile. So if I get the 30 in, let's say, 10 hours, then I get all the money. But if I don't, then you get all the money. So essentially, gotcha. it would just be me running for my life. Literally. Literally for your life. It, exactly. And so the braids, that was the promo video we were shooting for it. Uh, and then, I'm guessing that was like when, back when you had like the mop of hair you, that you did like post-production, right? That's back when I was looking at like Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. brother. Um, oh my God. But yes, exactly. And, uh, but then I had ended up doing the 50 miles. So I was like, this wouldn't be that exciting for people anymore. Right. Cause you've already, you've already like gone over that. Exactly. And and we're going to get to that 50 miler in a second. Don't think you're going to know. Wait, that. wait, wait, wait. How is your marathon training going? Marathon training is going good. It's it's a, like it's a lot harder than people think it is. I I think like 
the the most it's not the miles that are the, the most annoying part it's like finding the time in the day or on your weekend to get it done and like I, you and I both interviewed Becca Peasy and she always talked about like if you want to get something done you're going to find the time to do it so that's like I still find the time but it's like you know is it 10 o'clock at night am I hitting up Planet Fitness to get in seven miles on the tread or is it seven o'clock six o'clock on a Saturday morning so that I can get in those 15 16 miles like that's the kind of stuff that's like mentally draining. It's not really the miles right now. The the worst part is the weather here in the summer. Like we had, we had Lydia Keating on the show and we were talking about how like summer was like, what we were going to say was like, Oh, going to be the best months to run. It's honestly the worst months to run because this humidity is absolutely killer. Dude. Where are you at for weekly mileage right now? About 35, 40 in there. Oh, so you're, so you're getting up there. Yeah. Yeah. So what what is this week brought for you? You've done like two eights, and then you got like a, a fifteen or a sixteen this week. So this week it was it was a seven seven on Tuesday, five on Wednesday. Today's a Peloton day, so cross training. Uh, right. and then um and then eight on Friday, four on Saturday, fifteen to sixteen on Sunday. Okay, now a seven is like your like appetizer now, right? Like that's yeah, thing. that I can do in my sleep almost pretty much. And how are you feeling when you start pushing the mileage now? Not bad. Like for me, it's, it's, uh, it's more like, I don't want to bank time on this marathon. Like th- that's, that's the biggest advice that I've gotten is like, don't, don't try and go out fast and think you can bank that time. And then like, be able to slow down, come your know, mile 2021. Like you're going to feel like absolute garbage. If you're doing that, you it's more like, you're going to be able to make up the time come that second half marathon. So like for me, it's like learning more how to back half a race. Cause when I was a swimmer, it was always like front loading the race and, and trying to hold on when I was a distance swimmer. So like, that's the new kind of training technique that I've been doing. And like the adding on mileage, isn't really that bad. Like, I know you've done this on a couple of shows. Like you say, you know, all right, this week it's 15 and just push yourself to that 15. And then at the end, you're gonna be like, heck yeah. Like I, I want to go do 16, 17 next week. Exactly. But when you, Sorry, I'm just tying my shoe here. When you when you've been pushing your mileage, has, has your body been breaking down, or is your cardio feel like pretty intact? My cardio feels pretty intact. I gotta say, the only part that my body's like shutting down is like when I'm mid run and I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like yeah. that's literally the worst thing in the world. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Well, dude, if you can take 16 on your legs and you feel pretty good, you're like in pretty good shape to run a marathon, dude. Yeah, yeah. I want to get to 20 for sure, and I'm taking a I'm taking like. I'm going on a week vacation in a couple of weeks. And so I don't know like how much long distance running I'll be able to do out there, but you know, like, we'll we'll see, we'll see. We'll get a couple miles in here and there. And are you doing any nutrition on the long run? Are you doing a goo or like a, yeah, I got the goo. I'm doing a lot of water. Uh, you know, if I can like run into a Starbucks and grab a, like, a, like pay extra for that stupid bottled water, then I'll do it. Um, mainly cause like, there's not that much. Cause I do my long runs mainly on the Esplanade, right? Like that's just everyone's spot. And there's just like no, real like storefronts unless you're on the cambridge side right so it's just tough to to get I know the some... starbucks you're talking about That's oh yeah saying. oh yeah exactly like right but like is it past the shell sign or right before one or the other right, next, right across from micro center yep exactly yeah that, that's was my, starbucks. that was my office for about two years <laughs> it was yeah man dude like that starbucks comes in clutch for sure i know i think like i definitely memorize the bathroom code now <laughs> Yeah, we don't have to put on blasting. It's like two eight nine six or something like that. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, for those wondering, I think it's two eight nine six still. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. The marathon training has been fun, but I can't even imagine the training. I mean, I I can't imagine because I saw it on social the the training you did for the ultra. 
Yeah, you have me on my fitness insta too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, word. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, the the ultra training is just so long. Yeah, like, you have to find the four six hours a day to do that. At least once a week. At least once a weekend. I mean, all of this all all of this endurance training has coincided nicely with the movie mm. because it's just a really long and patient process. So it's taught me a lot about. I have to take my time. I have to be slow. And it's just been a hobby I've picked up kind of like a lifestyle as, yeah. we, as we've been making the movie. But yeah, the ultra distance is just way different. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's way more mental. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Cause once you go to like 30 and I've had like the, I've had these a hundred mile dudes, 200 mile dudes on the show. Like yeah, once you get up there in 30, it's like, okay, yep. I'm in a different zone. <laughs> for sure for sure oh man all right well connor like let's talk about gdp here for a second it's been a lifetime dream of yours you've talked about this to make a movie here in your own city not skipping over to hollywood but to do it right here in your backyard but golden deer productions didn't just start this past year right like can you talk a little bit about the vision of gdp five plus years ago when you wanted to start all of this yeah so i'll tell you we actually have a, like a mini documentary coming out before we drop the movie heck yes which is i think going to be really helpful for a lot of other people who are going to try to start and do stuff in boston i think people mm -hmm. will be able to follow the footsteps a little bit and realize like all right when, when we're in front of all these people in this theater with our own movie on the imax screen like yo this has been a fucking grind forever we just mm -hmm. did not just happen um yeah but for your listeners i i a lot like jared have been running a podcast in Boston for nearly three years now. Mm -hmm. And I started when I left Providence college, I came to Boston. I didn't want to get a real job. I was making videos there and, um, I had something started for myself already. So I started throwing a shows at the middle East and then I realized, all right, I kind of got to create a vessel because we want to make a movie in Boston. We don't want to go to LA. We don't want to go to New York. We at least got to start like putting stuff out, meeting people, figuring stuff out. And um, yeah, so we just figured if we were just super consistent and just kept going and just didn't stop, things would eventually grow for us. Did, like going off that, like let's let's kind of go back to PC because you you were you were doing GDP stuff all, all while at school. Like how are you managing that workload and then the workload that you basically self-imposed on yourself for GDP specifically. We talking about schoolwork? <laughs> I mean, you have a degree, like you, you got it done. So you can't just sit here and tell me you never did your schoolwork. Wait, so I'm just trying to phrase the question, right? Your the question was, how did you do schoolwork and also do GDP work? Yes. Okay. The answer is I didn't, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is my grades went into death Valley Right. And um, I think like most great entrepreneurs, you find a way to get it done, brother. <laughs> but were you just I, like, were I, you just like Gary V mindset? Like, like screw the grades. The degree doesn't matter. Like blah, blah, blah. You know, like, I feel like that was the, the, that entrepreneur mindset. Well, I'll tell you a, a brief abbreviated story. And I don't want to put anyone in a hot seat, but I took a personal selling course our senior year mm -hmm. and I was selling t-shirts mm -hmm. and I was just fucking grinding, like going house to house, flipping t-shirts, trying to get people like grab the product, whatever. And I'd miss our personal selling class a few times. And I had a professor who said, 
my priorities were out of whack as a salesperson. Mm-hmm. And I had just sold my own brand for like, right. just grinding. Like, and at that moment, I realized something is not right here. Something's not clicking, brother, because I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. Right. And uh, I think at that point, I, I checked out a little bit mentally when it came to academics. But, dude, I was making videos like, I mean, we had a couple classes together, right? Yeah, yes. Uh, you weren't there very often, but you were on the roster. Yes. What class did we have? <laughs> we had uh, operations management. Who was our teacher? Oh, I forget. I don't remember her name. But you were like, you would just walk in, you'd say hi, you'd sit down for a little bit, then you'd get on the phone and you'd walk right out. Like you literally <laughs> take calls and walk right out. And she didn't really care. Operations management. It was like the Excel. Not it wasn't CAB, but it was like the the other Excel class that was like it was almost like self paced. Like once you got your work done in the class, like you could leave. But I forget I forget who the like what her name was. But yeah, dude. What, was this in a Chino? A Chino and and um, Moore Hall. We would go to Moore Hall for uh, a couple classes a week. It wasn't Wen Chen, was it? Was that? Is yeah, it was Wen Chen. That's right. You're right. Oh, okay. Yeah, Wen Chen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved Wen Chen. She was yeah, dude, she loved you, dude. She was like, okay, Connor, bye. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I loved Wen Chen. She had great energy. Yeah. That was fun, dude. I, bro, I went to PC like, um, I don't know, it's like three, four months ago because I got a lot of love for that film professor, Father Gumber. He'll actually be at the premiere. Heck yeah. And uh, yeah, dude, I ate Ray and I loved it. But- <laughs> I, everyone shits on Ray, dude. I, I love know. Ray food. I know. And you had, you had, uh, when we, when we, we both done John Lee Dumas too. Like you asked him like what his thoughts were, Ray. And like, you know, you told, you, you, uh, admitted to loving it. And he was like, yeah. And it was way worse when he was there too. on like early 2000s. <laughs> JLD. Yep. Love JLD. He's, yeah, he's, he's, you got to get him to fly out from Puerto Rico to the premiere. Dude, he blew my mind with that whole estate tax thing. That he's right. Doing. Right. Dude. I mean, like, why aren't we all moving to Puerto Rico? I think we should move to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so you, we've talked about like what your your professors were saying about GDP. Like, obviously they were like, you you don't have your priorities straight. What were your like, your friends saw you on the grind. Your parents definitely saw you on the grind. What were, what were more of the people like in your inner circle saying about GDP when it was really just starting off? The thing is when GDP started, I was already like a year and a half deep. Like mm-hmm. two years deep making videos because I started right. making videos in 2015 and then I, I made Adderall Boy. Right. And uh, so at that point, I already had my feet wet and like hustling, making content, doing stuff. Um, so at that point, I think everyone kind of already knew like, okay, he's not just like just fucking around. Like mm-hmm. he's just like actually grinding. PC was as, as much as I have an indifference with the academics there, the fact that there was a student body that was receptive to the stuff I was doing was incredibly encouraging. Mm -hmm. I would say not the videos so much, but when I started selling gear and throwing parties, people were incredibly receptive. And I think if I didn't have that token, I wouldn't have had the confidence to keep going in Boston. Yeah. It's, it was, it's definitely tough, right? Like, you know, when you only get a couple of views, it's tough because you see that number only trickling up a little bit by little bit. But to your point, the merch and the parties, that's what really got GDP off in Providence. But I want to pay the respect that it deserves for Adderall Boy. 
when you when you finished that was that like was that your calling card personally of being like yeah i can i have the ability to do to do this type of stuff really like not just youtube videos not just like mtv cribs this is my saint joe's dorm this is like a full feet not full feature but really like full production type of short film i think as you move along and you'll feel the same way with your podcast the more daunting task you take on the the more the bigger goal you try to achieve mm-hmm. it's going to shape you no matter what mm-hmm. i still think grinding through the first 13 videos coach connie videos without getting any sort of love was still probably the biggest training ground but um yeah when adderall boy was done i remember being like whoa what the fuck i like i got like a little mini movie i made like a little mini movie this is right awesome. yeah and like that, I felt like maybe in correcting if I'm wrong, that was probably the most receptive that Providence was like your, your, your Providence circle. Like when you had that premiere in the back of, uh, in the back of Eaton street, like what, what was that feeling like of like actually having that little tiny movie premiere and like people actually showing up and showing out? That was sick. I think the, my best Providence moment still though, was when we, uh, threw the big party at the Coliseum. Were you there? I, I didn't make it. No. Fuck. Ah. We were nasty, right? Yeah, so I don't know you probably had it like on a Thursday or Friday night, and I was like, uh, can't make it. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, no, that I think that Coliseum party was really crazy. Um, I also think we threw that Zuvi. Were you there for the Zuvi? I saw. I yes, I was there. I was de- in more of the background. Yes. Okay. Cool. I yeah. Mean, if anyone in the province police department asks, I did not, <laughs> it never happened. I did not organize that. All right, brother. <laughs> I but, love it. Yeah, that those were two crazy moments. But yeah, that film screening was sick. Manifesting, it's 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 going to be a different conversation. You're going to have a different conversation after you see the movie mm-hmm. because you're going to be like, "Whoa, what the fuck? This yeah. is a, this is a real movie." Um, but starting a film and starting a video for me is very tough because I have such an ADHD scatterbrain that the initial stages to starting something like that requires a lot of sit down focused planning. Mm -hmm. And so I think after Adderall boy was done, I was like, okay, whoa. If I just kind of like suffered through that first, like really tough part, then it kind of gets a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And like going off that for you in this movie making process, like having more of that, like you said, you said it like scatterbrain type of mentality, like, is it the sitting down writing the script that's really hard for you? Is it the po- post production stuff that like now that the the like the the fun part of the filming and the and like the shooting of the scenes is over, that's the harder part? Or, like what's like that? Like I guess this is it the sitting down and being like let's start this thing. The most the hardest part of this process has been one writing the screenplay. Yeah. Two waking up once this was done every morning and providing three to four hours of edits every morning that for me a lot of people can bang that out but for me it just just nails on a chalkboard terrible Mm -hmm. but um we got through it did did you ever feel like i needed to source this out or like did you want to be like start to finish on the edits at least jack has helped me an incredible amount could not make the movie without him creatively literally zero chance i could make the movie without him honestly um i think on the next one more plan it a little bit bigger i'm getting yeah. a, lot, a lot more planning help yeah uh 
for sure. I'm going to need like a much bigger team to delegate some of those tasks to because I'm just simply not strong. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at pulling resources together, getting everyone in the same place, getting the right people in the right positions and operating and managing from a filmmaking standpoint. But when it comes to the attention to detail, count me out, brother. <laughs> it's tough. It's really tough, especially like, I mean, like, you know, this from editing a, a podcast too. It's like, dude, I just want to put this out. Like, I don't want to have to sit in and, and catch every gap, like, you know, like blank gap or like poor audio quality or like, like, oh, like, I mean, I've had ones where like the person's, the guest just like their audio cuts out and you're like, oh, I gotta go in and edit that and like ask them to start over and all that. Stuff. Like, it's just, that's the, the tedious stuff is like, so it just gets so to you real quick, real quick too. Keep going though. You're going to realize it's just part of the grizzle. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Really? So before we get like really in depth on the movie, I want to obviously talk about the podcast. We got two Boston podcasters here. Uh, you talked a little bit about the show being more of a funnel really to this movie. Like, was that the vision was to have this 200, 300 episode podcast so that when we turn around and make this movie, you know, I can, I can reach back out to my guests that were like, obviously you've had a lot of Boston people, but like reach out to the guests to bring them to the show or bring them, you know, like use them as an asset or what have you. Like, what was the real, like true vision of that show of the, of the golden hours podcast? The podcast, I think when we started, was like, okay, how do we like meet a lot of people here? Right. Because making a movie here is going to be wicked tough. How do we meet a lot of people here and people actually know us? And like, how can we make unpolished, not really tough content? You know what I'm saying? Just kind of make that vessel. And then I think over time, you just keep things going and they develop. And I'm like a competitive psycho. So like, just wanted to keep getting a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, and then I think at a certain point, the show grew when I, we started having these people on like where I felt like I was in this like position as like a media guy, kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like I had these politicians on people are reaching out to me, asking me to like take political stances. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> I'm, I'm not the one brother. Yeah. <laughs> but, what, but what, I mean, what kind of political, what were they asking you to like help them with their campaigns, like run ads on your show? Like what was, what were you, what were they asking you to do? No, it's just like, you just, how do I say this the right way? All jokes aside, like, it's, imagine, I think people, when they see your guests become a little more legitimate, they think you need to have a political stance on certain topics. Yeah. And if you keep going with your show and it grows to that point, you're going to have to deal with the same thing. I just never wanted to be that media guy, dude. Like, yeah. So I don't know if I answered your question, but no, you, you did so, like, but I'm going to, I'm going to scratch that itch a little bit more. Like I've had guests that come on and you can tell that they, and they, you know, they're voicing their opinion. That's what I want them to do. And as a, as the host, you don't want to be so question, answer, question, answer, but you also don't want to put yourself in a compromising situation where you're saying something that you're going to regret down the line. Right. And I'm not saying that I have, or you have, or anything like that, but it's like, do I really want all of my political views to come out on my show? You know what I mean? So like, for me, it's always been just trying to stay in that neutral ground. And it's a lot harder than I think people think it is because you want to be like, yes, like you're so right. So that they're so into your show that like, like this guy gets it 
but you want to play the devil's advocate of like, hey, like at the other end of the, you know, whoever's whoever I got in their AirPods, they're going to be like, no, I do not agree with this. So I don't want Jared to be like, yes, yes, yes. And he's definitely just doing that because he's he has this guest on. Yeah, I think about it all. I would think about it all the time. I yeah. still think about it like if I voice some sort of opinion in an early piece of content, I don't want that to dictate if I change my opinion later on. Right. And right. so, and so, I always got just kind of stayed away from it. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Can we can we talk about too like the grind that you've put in on this show? Like, like you, like I know you know this. Like the the DMs that you've tossed out there. Like, it, and and your show too is is very similar to mine in that you you shoot to have a guest every single week, right? Like, you have how, to. how how hard like from your side because like people are probably sick of me talking about it. How hard is it to make sure that you've got at least an episode a week, but even more so like a, a new guest every single week. I think it was really hard when we started. Mm-hmm. And I think over time you, you're going to be like, okay, I kind of got this in a system and I kind of got this in a rhythm. You know what I'm saying? I th- I think just with anything, I think, I mean, your show's like all, almost over a year old, right? Yeah. We're over a year old. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so like right now you're probably in a position with your show where you're like, okay, it's not as hard now as it was at the start. Right. Right. Those for that way, right? Yeah. Like the, I remember like I was thinking I, I wanted to have like a pipeline of like 10 or so interviews before I was like, I'm starting this podcast to have that runway. And then I was just like backfilling and backfilling and backfilling to the point where like we had guests on that I interviewed in like the summer of 2020 that were out in like November of 2020, just because I was like, so like interview, 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 you know? So now the, the runway has stopped. It's a little bit harder. I have, you know, like a runway of like three or four episodes, but it, you know, it, it's definitely easier to now say like, Hey, like you, if you look up this podcast, it's not an idea and it's not three episodes. It's, it's like 53 episodes. We've had great names. Like you can, you, you know, you can legitimize it however you want to. Yeah. It's a sales pitch. So yeah. You, now you got a resume now. So when you reach out to people, you can say, okay, I already ran an episode with this person. Do you want to come on? But yeah, dude, I know exactly what it's like when your only source of contact with the guests is an email and you have to try to make that email seem convincing for them to come on. Right. You, yeah. you just, if you just keep fucking going, Jared, you're going to fucking get there, brother. It's all about the subject line too, dude. Like, I think for me, my, the best thing for me is my, is the episode title or sorry, is the podcast title. Like, I mean, you know, I'm not, this isn't the Jared magazine show. It's the guy, the normal guy with a lazy eye. And they're like, what the heck? They click on this and they're like, what the heck is this dude? So that's definitely been my like saving grace is the title we came up for this show. <laughs> Do you put a, an emoji in the subject line too? Oh, always the, the, the eyes that look the one way, um, even though I, I, I'm like, I'm like reaching out to Apple being like, can we get one where it's just one, one eye straight. And then the other eye is like, you, that. or you could get a gift that's blinking. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. I never thought of that. That would be genius. That would be genius. <laughs> Let's make a million bucks. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do you have a guest that you think really solidified your show for you that legitimized it? And you're like, that was like the one that I can use in every single my outreach to be like, yeah, I had this person on, like, you should definitely come on. Or even more so like, dang, were, I can't believe I'm interviewing blank. There were about, well, dude, I was just always focused on growing the podcast. I just wanted to keep making it bigger. Yeah. Bigger names. Like I, I wouldn't even be lying if I said that. Like, um, there were three episodes I think that were big that was like, okay, that's a home run. First one was the mayor of Cambridge. 
Mm-hmm. When I had Mark McGovern on, that was a big deal for me. Um, because then it's like, okay, you're the mayor of the city. Cool. Then I think a year later when we had, but it all trickles up. I've told you, it's like a ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, when I had Joe Kennedy on the show, that's what really opened up every single door. Yeah. Because it was, all right, this is someone that everyone in Massachusetts knows. Right. You know and and every, I mean, globally, I mean, you know, nationally too, like you've got a Kennedy on your show. Like, I mean, the, the name Kennedy in politics is world renowned. <laughs> yeah. And he's a great dude too. Like mm-hmm. a really nice dude, kind guy. Um, that was like, the, that was the episode that kind of just opened the door for everything. And then when a little bit later, when James Devlin came on the show, I was like, okay, this thing is like kind of fucking legit. Yeah. So how'd you reach? So same way you reached out to James Devlin was the same way you reached out to Becca Pizzi was the same way you reached out to JLD. Like, or are these all like different, like different ways of reaching out to these people? I'll give you some sauce. Um, Okay. JLD. I knew the email would be convincing because he also went to Providence. Yeah. That, yep. So I shot him an email and he was like, since you're a friar, I'll give you two blocks. Dude, right. the, the blocks was insane. 15 <laughs> minutes, dude. Oof. Did you do a 15 minute podcast? No, I got, he, he did the same thing to me. Like I, 30 I was, is still tight though, bro. 30 was so tight. And he like, he comes on and he's like ready to go. And if you're not, dude, he knows it. Uh, yeah. My guy, JLD. Yeah, it's the podcast God, brother. He's the podcast God for a reason. Yeah. yeah so I shot him an email. Becca Peasy. Her sister actually reached out to me because she followed the podcast. Oh, sick. Um, I actually was in Becca Peasy's 5K last weekend. I know. I missed it because I was, I was actually under the weather. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to come on and, and uh, make anyone nervous. Oh, why? You got the COVID? No, no, no. But I didn't want people to think I had the COVID. Okay. You know, I got tested. I was good. Do you have the COVID? What's that? Do you have the COVID? No. Confirmed. Do not. You got the rapid? No, I got, no, I got the PCR. You can't do the rapids. Come on, man. Come on, man. Hey, man. I got, <laughs> I got the shot. So. I've got, no, I've got both my shots. I'm, I'm team uh, Moderna. I'm underdog team. So I got the Johnson Johnson rocket to my chest. I was like, oh. okay. So you're, you're, you're like your third arm team. You're like, a, when the, when, when we all turn into aliens, like you're gonna, you're, you guys are first. I'm thinking. I got the microchip. <laughs> exactly, brother. <laughs> I love but yeah, that. Becca PZ's sister reached out to me. And I was like, yeah, this would be cool. And uh, friends with Becca ever since. She's awesome. Yeah, she's seen sick. Movies a couple times. Coincidentally, there's a scene that's scrapped from the movie that we shot at Moosey's. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> and um, who's the third person? James Devlin. Devlin. I am friends. I had someone on the podcast very early who I maintained a relationship with for a long time. And he'll be at the premiere. And I know he had worked with Devlin. And so I reached out to him. I said, would you mind connecting us? That's always the, that's always the toughest is like asking a friend to reach out. Like I always feel a little bit like not nervous, but like kind of like my, my bad, you know, I don't know. Like for me, it was always like the hardest thing to do rather than just reaching out to the person straight up. You just got to get used to it though. Yeah. 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 All right. I wanted to make this quick comment about your fitness training real quick. We talked a little bit about the ultra you you said on your on your more like fitness Instagram that this was the hardest thing that you've ever done. Are you sticking to that? Still? What, the 50? Yeah, the 50 burger. Oh. 
the fifty gave me a little PTSD. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I can imagine. Oh, no, like, actually, it gave me peace. No, like, I, yeah, I can imagine. Like, I re, I rerun moments from the 50 in my head sometimes. Um, how, did you, how did you get back to running after that? Like, did you, I mean, like, I wanted, I would have almost wanted to probably, like, throw my running shoes away and never look at them again. Jared, you got me on the IG. You know I don't miss a fucking day. <laughs> I mean, the, the first one back was, what, like, two miles? <laughs> Skip okay. around the block. Well, I walked in this day, and I was, like, literally a mummy. Yeah. <laughs> I was bodied after that thing, but I still think uh, when I ran my first marathon, that that was like the real like whoa smack. I did that in October, like I went in out and did it in Quincy, and yeah. that, that was the real like holy fuck. And that was you did it on your own, like that wasn't like a, an organized race, right? I did. Yeah, that's that. Like I'm so nervous that this this Cape Cod marathon in October on October 31st is going to get turned into virtual because of this delta variant but i dude i don't know like the virtual stuff is so hard I, I did a virtual half in december of 2020 and like i did it with my roommate so that was a lot better but it's hard man there's not there's no like there's there's no like drive i mean other than like you want to do it for yourself but there's no crowd there's no like nothing's going on you know what i mean and like on the charles like you got to dodge everybody too <laughs> well you're wifed up right not i mean yes Sure. And in, in, in all respective terms. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Wait, did I just kind of like, no, 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 no. I mean like, it, like, yes, I'm wifed up. I have a, I have a very steady girlfriend of three. But you're years. not, you're, but you're not girl. You're not married. Right. There's no ring on the finger yet. Correct. Okay. Understood. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, if you want to like go out and really like give it your best physically, go break up with her. <laughs> <laughs> get some emotion, get some emotional problems, brother. Get that off staring up. Oh my god! Def- I'm I, I'm not that dedicated to this marathon to do that, right, but bro, bro, I'm just tossing stuff out there, man. My bad. Brother. Hey, ideas, man. You have them. I know. <laughs> That's unreal. But I have to say, because you did a little bit of a stint with swimming, I did. You, dude, let me be your swim coach. You have you you need some work. Agreed. <laughs> you, I mean, props to you. I watched the progression and like, if I were to go back to your first video versus like your most recent swimming video, you've had some very big progressional steps. Why, why am I so slow? You just, it's dude. Like I want people to realize that swimming is not something you just pick up like running. And I'm not saying running is something that you can just easily do either, but like, it's, it's not, I mean, we need, we need someone at the Olympics to like swim next to these Olympians. That is like of a natural person to just so show people how hard this is. Well, dude, no, because like, I'm like actually very slow. Like I'm like disgustingly slow, but I, I follow uh, another PC kid, Sam Dimmick's page. He mm-hmm. got into, and he's quite the athlete too. Like he got into uh, swimming just recently. So did C-Mac. I don't know if you know Chris McCormick and they're both super fast. Like they'll mm-hmm. run, they'll do their a hundred in like a, a minute 50. I'm doing mine in like three minutes. Okay. All right. So we got some work to do. We got some work to do. I think for you, what would I actually do like kickboard exercises or you gotta, I mean like, so have you done a lot of kickboard exercises? Like how, like, do you, do you feel like your hips are sinking when you're swimming? Bro, I go into that bitch like a Loch Ness monster (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I'm just fucking forcing it. I got a wake behind me. I'm screaming in the water. People are (laughs) terrified. The woman next to me is 156 years old. Right. Bro. Right. I have no rhyme or rhythm. I just, I'm like, all right, let's slam these out. All right. So we need a little bit more organization for you. 
I think let, let's do some, let's do some like actual organized lessons and we can, we can, we can work on getting you to uh to a 150. I'm confident you can do a 150. Drop a whole minute. Yeah. I can get you to drop a whole minute. Yeah. What, what can you do like a hundred in? Um, right now. In your heyday. In my heyday, like yard, yards, 51, 52. What? And that's not even that fat. Dude, I was a distance swimmer. Like I know my swim buddies are listening to this right now being like, I mean, I got buddies that can go 49 seconds, 48, 46, 45. So you're saying my 100 is two minutes slower than a college average? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, two two minutes and like 30 seconds. Slow. Two minutes oh. and like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the NCAA champion went like 45, 44. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, it's it's nasty. It's it's nasty. How, if, many, how many breaths do you normally do in, in a, a 25? If I were to do a 25 sprint, I wouldn't take a breath. No, but I'm saying if you're just like eating laps. Oh, I breathe every other. I breathe every other stroke. I, I'm a like I'm more in the rhythm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean I was a distance swimmer, so it's all about like like I would do the mile. So, <laughs> how like have you ever swam a mile? Yeah, I did it like five six times now. All right, what's your time for that? Fucking slow, like an hour, probably like an hour. You want me to blow your mind then? <laughs> how fast are you doing? It? My best was a sixteen twenty one. What? And that's that again, like that's not that fast compared to like the NCAA average or like how the. Did you, how did you in the Big East tournament? I, I was uh, top ten every year in the mile, probably nice. top eight. Yeah. So, but those days are behind us. Now, did, you, did you have a good? Did you have a good uh, like aerobic base when you started running, or did you kind of just let it go for a little bit after PC? I had to let it go. I mean, I didn't have to. I did let it go after swim season ended. If I had picked up running immediately after swimming, I probably have ran. I would have probably already ran a marathon by now. Sure. Uh, but like, when you finish something like athletics at, at PC or even D one, D two, D three, doesn't matter. I was so burnt out. I didn't want to. I didn't want to look at a gym. I didn't want to go. To, I didn't want to go to a pool. I didn't want to do anything. And then we graduated. And like, obviously I didn't, I didn't do anything during graduation. Then the summer hit and like, I didn't really work out until like March of 2020 when COVID hit. And I was like, dude, you need to get your fat butt off the ground. You're off working out? Almost. I mean, I like, you you know, like I'd go to the gym and like pretend to, you know, like bench a couple, like I would do like 45 minute, you know, like around, like walk around the gym, do every single machine and walk right out. Fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I wasn't like, I never had like, that was the thing too. Like I was so used to having a regiment every day, you know what? And then like, I got like probably my heaviest post-grad was probably like 235, 230. What are you like? Six feet? Yeah. Six one. Okay. Word. Shouts yeah. Out. Shouts out to you for being tall. Thanks man. <laughs> it's a blessing from God. It's a blessing <laughs> from God. Yeah, exactly. But now I'm like back down to like 190. So. Word. Okay. Yeah. 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 You feel good? What's that? You feel good? I feel great. Yeah. I feel like pretty much like as healthy as I did when I was swimming in college. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what about your diet? Are you clean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chicken and vegetables, man, dude. That's like my bread and butter. <laughs> but what about the booze? Every, every so often. I don't do the, like the Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like, it's like, you know, like I'm not, like I'm not two beers after work every day. I'm like, you know, the occasional Saturday night. But on the 10th, you're showing up loose. Yeah, very loose. Nice. Yes. Yeah, we're not driving. Don't drive. Don't drive to this event. You heard it here first. Do not drive. Take take the hundred and fifty dollar Uber that it's going to cost you. Probably. Wait. Wait. Go on.
I can't actually tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I, can't. I thought we were gonna get. A, I thought we were gonna get a GDP exclusive right here. I'll try to give you some sort of exclusive. I'm trying to work out a deal. I don't know if it's gonna happen. If by chance in the airwaves they hear this, I'm trying to work out a deal with the Encore Casino. I'm trying to get them to bring buses. Okay. To the premiere. Okay. So then everyone after the premiere can go to the casino. Okay. So I'm a a little over a stone throw away from the encore. I can see it from my window right here. Do you want me to just walk over there and talk to them for you? Or? I'm aware. I asked that Pakistani girl, oh, so let's go to the casino sometime. Real close. I mean, you just got to cross the mystic and you're there. I know. I love that place. It's great. Is it? Can we? I'll get off the soapbox in a hot second. It's not the Boston casino. Like my vision of how that place got put there was like encore when hotels was like, yeah, we want to put a casino in Boston and city planning of Boston was like, absolutely not. So they're like, okay, who's going to take this thing? And Everett was like, yeah, we'll take it. Do you, like, do you think that's how it went down? Well, there's something that has to do with like, you can only place a casino on uh, native American reservation land. There's some sort of law that allows that because the taxes, I don't fully understand it, but I believe it has something to do with that. Yeah. I also believe you need a massive plot of land to and, right. like Encore, and they had it out there because there's just a bunch of factories and stuff. There's nothing else out there. It's like just in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's the wind turbine, and that's it. <laughs> there's actually a massive Amazon warehouse right near there, too. Sounds something like Everett. Yeah, exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to go rob it. <laughs> All right, so let's talk the movie, right? We talked about it September 10th. Biggest IMAX in the city, AMC Boston. Let's just start there. What can we expect on premiere night other than not driving and potentially encore buses? Okay. This is what this is the clip we'll cut up. I'll put it on my Instagram. You ready? Yes. I, I gotta go sales mode though. I gotta be entertaining. You go. Ready? Go. Friday, September 10th. My man Jared. Normal eye, normal guy. Lazy Eye will be attending the premiere. Jared, first thing you're going to do is you're going to look into your closet and you're going to say, okay, is there anything in here I've never worn but I'd love to wear? And I'll look like a swag, great Gatsby G. I'm going to take that. I'm going to put that on. Okay. Then I'm going to call up my girlfriend. Relationship's good. We both love each other. Hey, you ready to go to this thing? Okay, great. I'll be outside your house in 10 minutes. You show up at her crib. She has a black dress on. You guys are looking amazing. It's about, at this point, I'd say it's probably around 7.45 p.m. You head into Boston. You get down there at around 8.15. The biggest theater in Boston. Could not be bigger. AMC downtown Tremont. You walk inside. There's a 100-foot red carpet. You walk down that. Like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, you got people taking your pictures. There's a step and repeat banner. You then, you can go mosey over to the bar. You get a free drink with that ticket. I promised you that, brother. I'm going to be personally swiping my car behind that bar. Next, you meet some people. You're a sociable guy. There's going to be 500 people there, brother. When was the last time you went to a super spreader like that? Super spreader. (laughs) Joke, 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 everyone joke. Next. You're having a good time. Hour passes. You're a little bit loose. You might get another little drink for yourself. Maybe little snacks. 
I might have Shake Shack there. I might. Whoa. Whoa. You walk into the theater, biggest theater in Boston. You're going to have your seats already set up. You sit down. I'm going to have to thank some people. You're staring at the screen, sold out theater. You're going to sit down for an hour and watch a Boston-centric movie. Cast, crew, location, sets, concept, setting, the whole deal. Never been done before in Boston. It's a movie entirely for the city. The movie's done, and I pray to God you love it, brother. Oh, I'm going to love it. And that was a perfect sales pitch. Sweet. Let's use that as the content. I'll put it up. Done. Done. <laughs> I might I might have to cut the super spreader bit, but we'll rock with it. <laughs> yeah, we'll rock with it. All right. But so that's what we can expect on September 10th, right? Exactly. And I'm stoked. But what was day one of Apple Cinemas like? Go back. Go back with me. Sit down and figure out this is what I want to do. Like, obviously, this has been the vision for years, but let's bring this thing to life. What was day one like? Um, and actually producing it? Day one, like what would you define day one of Apple Cinemas as? I take the idea back to when I was 16 and uh, before Coach Connie, before anything, before I made videos. And I would drive because I grew up, my high school was in between two towns. I would drive from Sudbury back to Lincoln and I would play Drake's Take Care. <laughs> And I would always like, yo, I always wanted to be in a movie and I want to be in movies and I want to make a movie. Like, how the fuck do I do it? And I just always thought I, like Drake did, how he just kind of stuck with his Toronto sound. Like, he never left. Like, maybe I could just try to do that in Boston and not leave. So that's where the idea sparked. So I've had the idea before I started making any sort of videos. It was all like it was always right, like the Boston movie, like and these all like side videos, the mini like Adderall Boy. That was just like the lead up to this. Yeah, essentially, I didn't know if it was going to be, if it was going to take me like four films to do one like this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to have to make four more here. I don't know, but uh, I am going to make a huge movie here with a big impact. I love it. I love it. So from. Filming to editing to sound to VFX, the whole nine, you've done the whole process step to step. Did you ever feel like, man, I don't know if we can get this done? Was there was there one step in that process like, this has taken way too long? Like, I, maybe I'm in over my head. I don't know. Listen, the movie is still being finalized. Essentially, right now, all the pieces are done and we have to put it on a drive and pack. Right, right. And so I have our colorist sending a hard drive into Boston right now. So I don't want to jinx it. I will tell you there have been three moments. I cannot specify exactly what they are because it might put the film at risk that have been ridiculous that you would never imagine in that. I personally always have had this bug in my head like, yo, you got to keep going. Like you have to keep going. You have to keep going. Um, but yeah, when this thing's done, I'm going to tell you some crazy shit. I can't wait. <laughs> we'll have to do, we'll have to do like a post Apple cinemas episode. I would love to. That'd be great. <laughs> if you like the movie, what if you watch the movie and you're like, yo, what am I watching? Man? <laughs> no, dude, I'm no, I'm not. That is not the expectation at all. I think you're going to like it, dude. I think I'm going to love it. I think I'm going to love it. Um, th like you talked a little bit about the people that have helped you, Jack, you know, obviously you said you couldn't have made this movie without him. What about the the other people? Like, how did you go about finding people that was going to share this type of vision with you, that was going to share the same passion for your project? Like, 
obviously no one's going to match your level because this is your baby. This is your, this is your beginning, middle and end. But how did you find the people that were going to dedicate the blood, sweat and tears to this type of movie? Yeah. So remember at the beginning of the episode, I was like, yo, making a sales pitch for a movie is very hard Mm -hmm. because it's never really been done here. Right. On the other end of the spectrum, the fact that some people had never heard the sales pitch, they were also more receptive because they're like, this never comes along our way. So when you're pitching a, a feature length film, a narrative film, that's not like real estate and shit, like not a real estate video, a lot of people want to hop on. The VFX artists on this could not do this without them. Editor could not. My boy Jimmy could not do this without him. Jimmy went to war with the movie. And um, I just, I think after the movie was actually shot, people are like, okay, this is actually kind of sick. Then it was easier to get people on. But having people shooting this thing, that was tough. The actors too? Or was it more like the behind the camera stuff? Um, We got some hilarious actors. Dude. I know. I can't wait, dude. We have some hilarious actors in this thing. Who's the who's the stand-up comedian that's playing the, the guy in the trailer? Uh, my boy Drewski. That guy is so funny, dude. I, I was on his TikTok for like an hour the other day because it was so funny. How's he doing on TikTok? I mean, I love the TikToks. I mean, I'm just going to speak for myself. The guy crushes it on stage. Does he? He's really good at the, he's really good at like the, I mean, it's all improv, right? At the end of the day, but like interacting with the crowd and seeing what they're going to give him. And then he just like takes it and runs with it. He's really good at that. Super grateful to have met him. Great dude. Hustler. I think he's going to be a big time famous standup someday. I love it. How did you guys meet? Podcast. There you go. That's it. So you then, so you ran the episode with him and you're like, yo, be in, be in my movie or what? I've, I've done a bunch of stuff with him. I've shot a bunch of shorts in the past two years and stuff and had him at parties and we just kept in touch. I've, he's probably been on the show like four times. Um, but yeah, that's what's going to happen with your show. You're going to, some people you'll, you might never talk to again. Yeah. But there will be at least a portion of the people where you'll develop relationships with them. Yeah, I definitely have. Like, I think like, when I think of my show and think of like, what was the big, well, who was the big guest that like, I felt like solidified it. It's kind of like maybe like a little too early to say it, but like it was episode 10 with Christine snap. She has like four. Now she has almost 5 million followers on TikTok. She has almost a million on Instagram. The way I got her was in her Instagram bio. She's like, I'm the girl with the cacti and the lazy eye. And I was like, done like if like there's no easier pitch for the normal guy lazy eye podcast if that person has a lazy eye (laughs) what did she do she's a comedian yeah content creator comedian she does a lot of like sketch stuff on tiktok she's she's so funny so nice and like we've maintained our relationship she's been on the show two times now and like it's just when we have when we do episodes together it's like it's not as much like interview it's very much like almost like a co-host type of a podcast yeah, sweet. Just just check in with people. Yeah. Yeah, it's t- like we like we just had we just ran an episode with our first ever guest, Kinsey Grant. Like it's nice to just be able to like have that being like, hey, want to come back on? Like you've a lot has changed in a year. Like let's let's rehash this conversation. Let's have this again. And then you who knows, like the opportunities that can open. I know they've opened for you and like hopefully here too. Like you never know what door might open for this. I know. Maybe I'll get you in the next movie, man. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? If you ever need someone that has a lazy eye talks way too much, uh, you know, stuff like that. That's my, my perfect role. Maybe I'll have you do a cameo. 
<laughs> dude the cameos that you've gotten for this movie like the the lavar ball <laughs> crazy and well, dude, um, i'll tell you what's so funny about that is you can't really see the cameo watermark so people are hitting me up they're like yo i did not know you had a personal relationship with lavar ball dude. yeah yeah like, yeah 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 you guys are cooked yeah right yeah 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 <laughs> He killed it though. He did a great job. He killed it. Um, dude, uh oh god, I'm blanking on the name. Uh Riff Rap, right? Yeah, Riff Rap. Yeah, he was funny as heck, dude. Like, like so are you booking those or like do you have someone doing that for you? Like, what do you put in the like the cameo, like say this for that? Um because I found with cameo, if you're not very direct with what you want to say, they might go off the rails. I just I sent them both a selfie video and I just said, yo, I'm making a huge fucking movie in Boston. I want to use you in my marketing rollout. You guys down? <laughs> sent it back. That's so sick. That's yeah, awesome. That's awesome. So uh, when it's all said and done, when at the, you know, on, on, you know, the night of September 10th movie premieres, it's all over. Like the premiere is over. Obviously the movie, it's not over. You, you know, you got, now you have this piece of content that you'll have forever how do you want people to remember Apple cinemas after watching it? What's most important to me is all jokes aside, real talk, my career and things for me are just going to go like this because I'm, I love I'm, that. well, cause I'm obsessed with it. And yeah. just, I'm always obsessed with the grind. I've been obsessed with growth forever. And, um, I think, in about five years, 10 years, when things are a little bit bigger for myself, I think people are gonna look back and be like, yo, th those dudes were fucking grinding and they used all the resources they had in their own city and they built one. And I think, and I want it to serve for people, some kid in 10 years was like, yo, I wanna make a movie in Boston, at least they have this. And they're like, yo, fuck yeah. Like, we, let's just follow them. Maybe we can make it a little bit better. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Can you give us a, maybe a little Easter egg for the movie? Like what's like one thing maybe that you want to share about, about Apple cinemas or you don't have to, <laughs> if you want it to be a total surprise. Um, it's, it's incredibly autobiographical. Oh. And so I think you'll be like, Whoa. <laughs> And I think now that we know each other, I think you'll understand some things. Yeah, definitely. And kind of perfect lead into the next question. What's next for Connor? Because if I know the Connor hallway that I know, there's always something on the horizon. You're always constantly thinking about what's next. You talked about that on the show. Like what's, do you have a plan or are you going to take, take a break and kind of enjoy this? Um, if people don't like the movie, I'm going to swan dive off the Zaken bridge. Um, that's that your, that's your bridge of choice. Or I mean, I could do the Hancock building too, but I just be like, <laughs> you can't call it that anymore, dude. Why? What's it called? I don't know, but like, it's not called the Hancock Tower. I do you follow only in Boston that account only in Boss or whatever? Yeah, yeah. They they post about it like once a month, I think, or once every three months. I forget. It's like it's like the actual address of the building now. Like you can't call it the Hancock Tower because it's not the John Hancock Tower. I don't know. I mean, everyone's still gonna call it the John Hancock Tower. So really. Yeah, fun fact. Dude, I know so many stupid fun facts about Boston now. I know we, we've had our videos on the Only in Boston page last That couple. was sick. I tried to get them on the podcast. 
they're super evasive. Super evasive. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, you don't have to turn your video like you don't have to turn your video on. We can voice modify you. Like I don't want to like. Oh, shit, know. my voice grinding. Okay. I, I was. I mean, like that was my rebuttal, dude. Like I was like, because you know, rarely have I ever had people say no to the show. It's mostly just people ghosting you or never seeing the DM in the first place. So when people say no, I always kind of have to like push back a little bit, just a little bit. Like, do we have like I tell this story on the show? Like, if you really want to talk to someone that would say no, or you because then you, the whole time you make yo bro, this dude's an asshole, bro. I'm not well, to- I mean, it, the way that they said no was like because they want to stay anonymous. So I was like, okay, we can figure out ways you guys can stay anonymous. Nice. My voice grinding. Okay. Yeah. Like I mean, like I mean, don't be don't don't play dumb with me. Like, come on, you know, like you know how this goes. I like not that. you. I meant only in Boston, but like. Uh, now they'll never come on the show because I know they're big fans of the podcast. So once they hear this, they'll uh, not want to come on. But um, like Pat Oswald, the voice of Ratatouille, was the first person that ever said no to me. And he DM'd me back within minutes of me DMing him. And he was like, no, sorry, I'm just too busy. And I was like, okay, fair. Like, I mean, you're a world-class actor. Like people know you really well. And like, you probably have something going on. But the fact that he replied no, I was like, you could have just seen the message and said, no, screw this guy. <laughs> Wait, so you you would have rather him not say anything? I mean, yeah, because like you feel like you're this close to. I mean, like you know, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of appreciate that they were just like straight up no. Right, right. They were like, yeah, no. At least, coming. at least he treated you like a human. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Sounds good, brother. There we go. Um, so no breaks after this. I'm. I have the idea for our next movie ready. I think I'm gonna have to go and meet a lot of people. And I'm going to have to get the right team together to make the next one. And I'm going to have to figure out the circumstance. Um, I'm willing to bend a little bit, figuring out how do we make things a little bit bigger after this. I don't know exactly. I do know I have our next movie ready, and I don't know exactly how I'm going to get it done. Let me let me play dumb for a second. How would you define make things bigger here? Is it the the production of the movie is it the length of the movie is it the marketing of the movie like what's what's like i i want to i want to make way more popular content Mm. simply and i i would like to make a worldwide movie i'd like to make a countrywide movie we we're gonna have a citywide movie after this i'd like to make a countrywide movie okay okay Think I'm fucking around, Jay? no definitely not but you know hopefully the delta variant will be gone you can fly around a little bit more that's a fact (laughs) <laughs> we got the vax though we got the vax well you got the weird one so i don't know about that i don't know if i trust that <laughs> all right connor this has been an absolute blast i feel like we can keep going if we honestly wanted to but we want to obviously wrap this up with the with the tall tale question that we ask all of our guests at the end of the episode and i know you know what's coming here because you're a big fan of the show when it's all said and done, and there's still plenty more to go, right? This is not the end. But if you were to write your autobiography today, what would be the title of it and why? It'd be called The Ride. And because that's my favorite song, Take Care by Drake. And it's been the soundtrack to everything I've done in Boston and my whole life. And I think I would like people to look back at my journey after I've created a lot of stuff. Be like, wait. I think I could do that too. <laughs> I love that. And that? Drake, on and Drake, point, that was on point. You were, that was quick. You you got that. You nailed that. And if Drake, if you're listening, just don't copyright it when he writes this book. Drizzy, please. <laughs> yeah, he's a huge, 
huge fan of the show. So I got to make sure. Eventually, if you keep fucking grinding, Jay, let's do it. Let's do it. Next, first Connor Hallway. Next, Drake. (laughs) All right, Connor. I will. I will see you on September 10th, if not before. But thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been an absolute blast. So a big thank you to Connor Hallway for coming on this week's show and sharing more about his story, sharing more about the world premiere of Apple Cinemas. It's taking place here in Boston, September 10th at the AMC Theater in downtown, the city's biggest movie premiere. This has never been done before. If there are tickets left, we're going to leave them in the description of this week's podcast. Be sure to grab them because there is no other event like this. We're going to be there. A bunch of other content creators from this beautiful city are also going to be there. Like I said, this is going to be the event of the year, so you do not want to miss out. Links to the tickets will be in the description of this week's podcast. Also, again, Connor Hallway has been doing this for years. He has an incredible podcast, The Golden Hours. He has incredible content up on YouTube, on his Instagram. So we're going to leave links to all things Connor Hallway in the description of this podcast as well. A big thank you to you guys, the listeners. This show would not be possible without you guys. We have an incredibly awesome, big announcement coming next week that we've been working on behind the scenes. We're so excited to share with you next week. Just super excited to hold on to it a little bit longer. You'll know more next week. That does it for this week's show. I will see you all next Wednesday.